Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library, yeah, standing there behind the counter willing to help with all the problems that I encounter. No, my, hi, no, my, kia ora, and welcome to our third literary lounge lockdown help edition. Can you believe number three? So this is your host, Alison, and I'm in my sunroom, and I'm joined by the wonders of technology by my co-host, Inika. Kia ora, Inika. Morena, Alison. So I guess you're in your closet? I am. I'm back in the closet. It's actually becoming my second home, I think. It's actually got this interesting vibe when you're in here. It's got The acoustics are so beautiful. You feel like you're in the womb. It sounds very soothing. It is very soothing, yes. Yeah, it really is. I think, you know, you might be able to monetize this sort of thing. It's It's got that isolation tank vibe, which, well, I've never been in one, but I hear it's you lie in a puddle and a in a box or oh, something. Oh, yes. Now, I can remember many years ago having a, a couple of sessions in one of those ISO tanks, and it's really, yes, it's warm and there's kind of a heartbeat, and, and they play mood music, new age music and everything. It's rather yeah. relaxing. It's, it is. It's really, really soothing in here. So I think, I'm thinking, could I monetize this? It's maybe a side hustle for me, you know, once yes. we're actually up people back in the house. Yep, it could be part of your gig um, economy work, couldn't it? My gig economy, everybody yes. needs one. They do. Well, look, my sunroom has a wooden floor, so the acoustics are, are kind of um, hard in a way. So I'm using dog towels today as a, a floor <laughs> covering. Hey, oh, nice. By the way, happy International Dog Day. Oh, oh, happy International Dog Day. So, but you've just got a cat, haven't you? A cat. I've got a cat and um, and two boys. Yes. Um, you know, boys, they're not dissimilar from dogs. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I suppose teenage boys, they're, they're a bit like a cross between, I guess, a dog and a, a seal or something, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. You know, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So yes. you're doing anything special with your little blind pooch over there? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're just hanging out together. Um, she's had a few extra treats already today. And uh, <laughs> lockdown, in a way, has been quite good for her because it, it means that we've had lots of time together. So she's had time with her mums and her humans and, oh, yeah, lovely. dear old thing. Hey, you know, last week, um, I have to tell you this, because we, we kind of got into the poof wars a little bit, didn't we? Just a little bit. Bragging about the state of our poofs. Well, I did really need to describe another piece of furniture, perhaps the one that I'm most proud of. Um, It's more of a a footstool or a seat than a poof, probably if you were a purist. Um, But it's a very retro piece, um, handmade from one of those old ABC beer crates. Oh, um, you classic. For the old big bots. Yes, that's right. The sort of, um, they used to be filled with those big beer bottles that perhaps our dads would have um, imbibed from. Who I knows? remember those, yeah. Yeah, it depends on the dad, I guess. But oh. now, not only does this um, beautiful ABC beer crate, it has a lid, but um, the lid's 
um, been crafted into a, a really nice comfy cushion um, and it's covered with one of those old hole-proof woolen blankets. Which, oh, classic. Uh, yeah, classic thing of beauty. <clears throat> but not only does it have all this, but it's got a bottle opener attached to it. Ooh. And a handle, can you believe it, at the other so, end. So uh, it's perfect sort of thing to fill with beverages and you could take it to the cricket or you could take it to a barbecue, I guess. Or in fact, you could never take it outside. Just uh-huh. whatever ever suits. But look, it's most impressive. Um, <laughs> and Sounds like of, a real number eight piece, that one. It is, yes. And one of my lovely kitties, my three-legged boy, he uh, he loves it. But I think he feels really manly when he sits on it. So <laughs> it's a, and my brother came over for lunch or pre-lockdown. He was really, I, he was envious. I could see it. He wanted, he was, yeah, he coveted my bed crate. Poof. Maybe this could be your side hustle. <gasps> oh, it could be. There you yes. go. Yes. <laughs> Hey, now, before we get started properly, um, one of our listeners asked um, if we could clarify what a TBR list is, because you know how we talk about, we're going to talk about what's in our TBR list. So I must apologise for that, because acronyms are quite a curse these days, aren't they? Um, I never really, yes, I never thought about that. Yep, so the TBR for our listeners is the To Be Read list. So, um, yeah, so I the do apologise. The yeah. Yep, it's that, that ever-growing pile of, of things to, to read. So um, thanks for, for asking about that, our dear listener. Absolutely. Um, so now today um, we're going to be talking about what we've been reading and then also what's on our to-be-read lists. And um, I think we should have time for, for a hot tip. Nice. Um, so now we were th- kind of thinking that I might get started today on um, one that I'm just finishing off at the moment. Mm. And this one, oh man, this is like, oh my God, I've been blown away by this one. And it's called, oh, excuse me, it's called My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Um, just published this year. 2020. So in the libraries, we've got it available as a hard copy book, um, a hard copy CD and an overdrive ebook. So this book, Inika, this has absolutely blown me away. Yeah. Um, it's essentially about the Me Too movement. So it's a powerful, it's compulsive, it's riveting. Um, it's a work of brilliance. And I'm, wow. I'm sure it's going to help shape the, this ongoing conversation that we're now having about abuse, power imbalances and mm-hmm. survival, basically. So um, it's set on the east coast of America and it follows the story of a, a 15-year-old school student whose name is Vanessa um, and she's groomed by her English teacher who's a, a 40-year-old man called Jacob um, and she's groomed by him into having a, I'm saying relationship, Mm -hmm, using my mm -hmm. air quotes. I mean, she believes it's a relationship. 
I, I don't know what he believes, but um, mm-hmm. he tells her that she's unique, she's special, and that what they have together is a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, they're soulmates. Um, but, of course, no one will ever understand what we've got, you know, this kind of... Mm. Oh, classic manipulation. Yep, classic. Yeah, you can see it as it unfolds. And he gives her the book Lolita, um, which makes me... Oh, wow. I just creep out when he does that. and But it's almost like he's using Lolita as his playbook. Oh, so that's so disturbing. It really is, yeah. And it's full of secrets and lies, smoke and mirrors, you know. And she thinks, Vanessa thinks that they're having this thrilling once-in-a-lifetime relationship. Wow. So it's a really interesting look at, the manipulation of this young woman she's only 15 I mean she's a schoolgirl. I yeah. hesitate to say girl but she's a schoolgirl. you know let's face it um, yeah. and she's manipulated into somehow thinking that this grossly inappropriate and criminal but you know let's call mm-hmm. it what it is yeah true criminal behavior of this trusted adult um, that is a consensual and be okay um and you know then it, it makes me so sad that later on when we meet her again um, about 15 years later she is reluctant or she's unable to accept that um what's happened to her is not of her own doing and not her fault I see. Yeah, it's so sad, isn't it? The sort of gaslighting. Is it spoiling things to ask if he gets his comeuppance? Perhaps we shouldn't talk about that. Um, No, I don't think it's spoiling things to ask that because... um, when, because this, the if you call it come up, that's one way of, of looking at it. Okay. Um, we meet Vanessa again when she's 32. So we're looking about, what, 16, 17 years later. Mm-hmm. And curiously, who would have thought, her life's a, a bit of a train wreck and she's in a dead-end job. Um, she's using a lot of drugs. She gets really wasted on weekends and and weekdays, actually. And she's bringing home a succession of sort of inappropriate men, usually much older than her. Right, Um, right. Which, and I'm not judging her for that, because that would be totally fine, you know, if she could handle it, you know. Yeah. Um, But I'll get to to Jacob, the man, when you're talking about comeuppance, Mm. because it's about to be mentioned. Um, (laughs) But after these sort of inappropriate encounters that she's having, she's spending so much time feeling a mixture of remorse and regret. And she's in this really sort of wash, rinse, repeat laundry cycle of behaviours. Yeah. Mm. You know, and her behaviours, you know, the sort of pattern is, oh, that didn't work. I feel like crap. So I think I'll do the same thing next weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, um, so getting, moving on to Jacob, um, what we see um, at the same time is the Me Too movement is 
starting to gain momentum and um, Vanessa's social media kind of explodes with revelations that there's this growing cluster of women that are all accusing Jacob of similar criminal criminal behaviour. I see. So, and of course, Jacob is now in his late fifties and um, is quite a pathetic sort of character. So we re- revisit his life again. Um, but of course, um, so and then the large part of the book is is what happens next. Wow! So now that Jacob has, has been exposed as this sort of criminal basically but he's painting himself as a victim uh, he's the victim in all of this oh i you see know, it wasn't his fault you know and he's but he's still manipulating and, and gaslighting his victims um so oh it's, my gosh yeah this, so this i don't so compelling i don't think i'm giving away too much by by saying that you know this is where we get to um it's absolutely chilling and compelling but she's such a good writer um i just have not been able to put this book down through wow. all this um it um yeah i th- i think it would make um a really good addition to the arsenal of of literature literature and information that we've got about this sort of toxicity and criminal behavior that sadly is still so common absolutely i mean it really sounds like it you know it would bring up for people who might have experienced relationships like that you know if they haven't recognized it then reading this book might help them to recognize it and kind of rec- not reconcile but start maybe a healing process or a, yes. a processing of that yeah um <laughs> now i've been reading a little bit ar- around the the book and reading of people's um uh, what's the word um, um reaction i couldn't think of the word mm. reaction. goodness me i've got a degree in chemistry and i couldn't think of the word <laughs> reaction what's happened to me yeah. <laughs> i need coffee um yeah so a lot of people uh who have survived this these sort of terrible experiences are having quite strong reactions to the book, but I think it is being used as uh, a healing tool for mm. them. But I think it um, probably trigger warning for anyone that has ever experienced this kind of thing. You might need some some help or some well, not some support or some yeah. need to do some nice things for yourself because I think it will bring up a lot of stuff that that you relate to yeah, um, might be good it, to talk it through yeah. Trust, and, yeah and i think anyone who's ever experienced any sort of power imbalance is going to relate to this story um mm. what i do want to say though is um even though it's made me angry and furious i've had all sorts of reactions to the book i think it's really important to to remind our our listeners that this isn't an anti-men story as Mm -hmm. such um it's more a tale about the abuse of power so that the the person with the power could be of any gender um i think it's the the power differential that's the the common factor um so often the case isn't it Uh, particularly in those situations where yeah where you've got a vulnerable person and and someone yeah, someone who has sway and influence. Yeah, that's right. And that, that person um, with the, the 
who's in the top tier of this power and balance that that could be a woman or mm, you know it could absolutely. be anyone so yeah so I'm um, certainly don't come away from reading this book with a feeling of um, all men you know this is all men sort of thing yeah, sure. it's not that at all so um, but it uh, sounds so fascinating I, I'm oh, definitely yes. going to get in the list on this yeah I, yeah. I wasn't in the list because I was I was not sure if I wanted to read it but I should yeah I think um, yeah I haven't come away I haven't come away from it feeling horrible or yeah. depressed or you know there are some books that I think I just can't I cannot do this but um, yeah. it's well written enough um, that yeah I, I'm and I think there's there's hope in it as well and yeah yeah I think it's going to be a really good part of our toolbox um, for dealing with this sort of thing and and you know and I, and I wonder whether it's a good one that perhaps we we give to our young folk and say have a read of this and sounds like it could be a really good tool yeah yeah, yeah. actually um, one of the books I've been reading this week I think would also be really useful for young women um, and I think they would really get a lot out of it um, the book I've been reading this week is um, Afagasi Woman by um, Lani oh, Went Young. Yes, yeah. Yeah, this is a short story collection um, and it's available in our Pacific Fiction Collection. And actually, I think it's um, classified as a young adult novel, but it's definitely a, a crossover, young adult, adult. Right. Yeah, I think, it, you know, anyone would really benefit from reading this. Um, the book is, um, it was actually originally, some of the, a lot of the short stories in this book were originally published back in 2012. And, um, and Lani Went Young has taken the best from the previous publication and put in some new stories as well. So there's 16 stories in all. Oh. Um, all of them are set in Samoa and they're from the perspective of Samoan women and girls. And each one of those stories, some of them are just even three or four pages long only, um, some a little longer, um, but they're all absolutely packed with life and emotion. And actually, some of the, the, the um, you know, the, the setups that you're talking about from our previous book, My Dark Vanessa, are definitely in this book too. There's um, quite a few of the stories look at these complex and quite overwhelming influences at times and the expectations of, of family and society and the church as well um, in Samoan life. Um, there's other ones. Um, there's actually some some really brave stories in here. Um, there's some really clear-eyed and honest, hard truths um, which relate to abuse and violence in the Samoan community. Mm. Um, and from what I've read um, online around this, um, apparently the authors had um, some really hardcore pushback from um, some Samoan community members around that. Um, right. Actually quite really full on. Um, so, yeah. Is that kind of in the way of um, don't hang your laundry outside where other people can see it kind of? It's a bit like that, yeah. Some some hardcore denial and, yes, definitely about sort of the reputations right. of people. Um, obviously no one's named in the book, but the situation's some of the situations in the book um, are clearly, um, you know, more common than than they would like to see, and right. they don't want their dirty laundry aired. So um, I think, you know, uh, Lani Wood Young has been incredibly brave 
to put these stories out there and stand by them and I really commend her for that. Yeah, sort of shining or putting a bit of sunlight onto these stories. Because these are, are universal stories, aren't they? They are They're, universal stories. Every community experiences this, yeah. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, there's no there's no benefit from keeping it keeping it under the lid, you know? That's right. I think that's uh, one thing we're learning through this is that secrecy doesn't help, does it? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, there is that. There's um and there's also some um talk about um the challenges and benefits of having a foot in two countries. Um Afagasi oh. is kind of derived that term of Afagasi is derived from half caste. Yeah. Um, it's it's not necessarily a negative term, um, but it is you know it's basically somebody who's got Samoan lineage and lineage from another um, yeah. ethnicity or, or culture as well. Um, so and and Lani went young herself is um, Maori and Samoan. Oh yes, and, and yeah, this in this book, this it's not all um, you know hard truths. It's also well, there's some definitely some funny truths as well in there. There's a few stories in there relating to um, Palangi in relation to um, Samoa and Samoan women. Some really funny stories in there as well. So every story really has this quite clearly defined emotional pull. So yeah. some are really funny. Some are really really devastating um yeah i um i absolutely recommend everybody goes out and has a grab because you will you'll knock them all off but you'll go back and you'll you'll dive back in to have another read yeah um, oh that sounds really good yeah, yeah. it would be great to see more of this sort of material published wouldn't it absolutely yeah she's she's a really passionate advocate for pacifica writers and um and i think you know we need to get behind this sort of writing. It's so valuable and it's yeah. so worth reading. It was just great. Oh, fabulous. Thanks for bringing that one. I definitely want to read that as well. And um, now you've been reading um, um, an American book as well, haven't you? Yes, I've been reading a bit of a hot, hot pick um, called Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid, um, published this year. Um you may have heard of this. It's a really good book club pick. Um, it's set in Philly, Philadelphia, and it follows two women. Um, Amira, who's black, she's in her mid-twenties. She's come out of college and not sure what she wants to do with her life, and she's um, decided to, to babysit. So she ends up babysitting for this quite well-off white family. And the second woman we're following is the mum of that family, Alex. Um, she's white. She's in her late 30s. She's a reasonably successful sort of blogger and motivational speaker. Um, but she's kind of losing her edge. She's t stepped out and had some kids, and she's not quite sure where she's going with her career. Mm, hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard, hard for both of them, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they're both in a bit of bit of bit of a search. Um, mm. Anyway, we get straight into the action in this book when Amira is out with her babysitting charge, and she's racially profiled and falsely accused of having kidnapped oh, the, the no. little one. Oh, um, how awful! It's pretty awful. Um, yeah. she, she kind of goes through it. She's got some feelings around it, but she does sort of mainly oh. brush it off and kind of decide to keep moving on. But Alex, um, for Alex, this is a bit of a rocks her world a bit, and she decides she needs to kind of make it up to Amira. Mm. She decides that she's going to take on Amira as a sort of personal PR oh. project slash PR um, for her own benefit, um, kind of showing how woke she is and how generous she is and sharing her privilege. And oh, I'm cringing already. Yeah, really, but it'll yeah. make you squirm. It'll make you think. It'll make you squirm. It's um, you kind of see Alex's thought processes and how she's how she's trying to get this going, and then you get Amira's experience, which is kind of 
ranging from quite confused about what's going on and then mm. kind of this increasing discomfort and anger with the situation mm. as it plays yeah. out. Yeah, so um, there's a few curveballs along the way and it all kind of um, careens off into this quite satisfying conclusion. So, oh, yeah, it sounds... Go for it. Yeah, it sounds really good. And this was a Reese Witherspoon pick, wasn't it? I, yeah, that's I right. Think. She she read this over April, so um, lots of people were reading this um, on my um, bookstagram, and yes, so I finally got on the got it got it in my queue. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it sounds great. I think I'll, I'll try and get hold of that. Put my name at the end of the queue for that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, last week we were talking about cozies, and um, sometimes. Oh, yeah. During lockdown, sometimes you need something that's feel good and and maybe doesn't press all of our political buttons and all our, of our <laughs> rage buttons. This um, is true. <laughs> so I've been reading. This will just be a, a real quick one, but I've just been reading a really nice book this week called "An Unexpected Grace," um, and it's by Kristen von Chrysler. Um, mm-hmm. It happens to be an American one as well, um, but I chose it for two reasons. Um, one of them is um, Happy World Dog Day, um, <laughs> and because Grace, the unexpected Grace, is a golden retriever, um, and um, it was one that I I felt in this time of uncertainty and anxiety, um, I really wanted to read something that was just pure relaxation, um, and I do love these dog ones. Um, a big caveat here, though, as long as the dog doesn't die, please don't let the dog die. <laughs> we just don't need that on top of everything no, else. That would just be the word. That would just top everything off. <laughs> so, um, and it's set in San Francisco, which always makes for a good setting. Um, I've got a certain nostalgia for the San Francisco setting, mm. particularly it's it's pre Silicon Valley days. You nice. know? <laughs> and it's about a woman who rescues a golden retriever, as you do, and she rescues her from death row. And it's the classic um who actually rescued whom narrative. So oh, lovely. Um, and everyone needs a golden in their in their life. Um and I, I certainly need this book at this time. So um, Oh it sounds a, like it's really, really filled a little Little patch a little, there. Yes. Patched a little little hole there. Yes, yeah. A bit of fur. Yeah. Everyone needs Aww. a bit of fur in their life. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's a lovely one, an unexpected grace. Oh nice. Um, shall I just tell you quickly, um, one that I'm I'm gonna start this weekend. It's on my TBR, my to be read list. Oh yeah. And it's an Armenian book and it's called Three Apples Fell from the Sky um, by uh, a writer called Noreen um, Agarian. Sorry, I I knew I would butcher that um, her name. Um, And um, this book, it's said to be balm for the soul and who doesn't need a bit of soul balm? Lovely. Um, Now, this one was originally published published in Russian in 2015, but it's just recently been translated into English. Um, and it's set in um, a remote Armenian mountain village. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been compared to the well-known books, um, Olive Kitteridge. Um, oh, high praise. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's going to be my soothing read over the weekend, um, Trials, Tribulation and a bit of matchmaking in the Armenian mountains. Oh, what lovely. more? What more could you need? So Absolutely. I can't wait. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, I'm um, about a quarter into um, 
my uh, to be read for this week, which is A Traveller at the Gates, was done by John Boyne. This is my first time reading John Boyne. Um, this book's got a really interesting structure. It starts in 81 in Palestine, and we, we meet a family, and then in Chapter 2, we jump forward 40 years and over the border into Turkey. Same family, different names. I think it's like a universal family, and it moves on through time and through space. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, short chapters should be pretty fast. It's going to pull you through because you want to see what happens with this one family across millennia. It sounds like. Yes. Oh, great! And you were saying earlier that it's um, you used that fabulous word. You said it is a bit of a chonker. It's just over four hundred pages, but I think yeah, those short chapters will pull you through. Um, It kind of reminds me a little bit at the moment of Edward Rutherford. Um, oh you know, like yes, London and Sarum and those sorts of ones. Yeah, you're following generations of the same family. Oh yes, With those a little are bit of bad atlas mixed in. Oh right, the Rutherfords are, are definite chunkers, aren't they? Mm. Oh that yeah, that sounds great. Oh, I, I think I'll look out for that one as well. Well, look, um, gosh, this time has gone quickly, as it always does when we're having fun. My <laughs> hot tip, just a real hot tip, is read to your dog. Um, oh, lovely. Try and read your dog a story this weekend or over the next week. Um, happy Dog Day. And because um, um, dogs really help with literacy and it's um, a beautiful bonding experience with between human and canine. And we all need those too, don't we? Absolutely. So I think, sadly, it's time to say goodbye. Um, happy reading to, to all our listeners. We'll put our book list up on our um, show notes, which are, are going to, um, all those addresses will come up in the, in the closing music, which I won't sing to you. I'll spare you from, from that. So um, thanks, Seneca. Happy reading Thank you. to all our people. Lots of love. Haere ra and kakite ano. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9:35 p.m. on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz/booksandbeyond. Every day, every day, every day, every day.